Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work, work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, Then how are your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Always check your blind spots. Uh, one of the, the first lessons that I ever got uh, when I was first learning how to drive a car, which uh, as I'm driving up and down 65 here during the spring break season, a lot of other people maybe didn't get that lesson. <laughs> but it's kind of one of those that um, really kind of gets drilled into most of us as we're first kind of learning how to drive of recognizing that there's only so much you can look at at any one moment. Uh, we've got mirrors to kind of help us uh, see behind us. We can uh, see a little bit of each lane to the side of us, but there's a, a small little spot uh, just over each shoulder that if we turn and kind of glance, uh, we can check our blind spots uh, to make sure whenever we're changing lanes or merging that, uh, that it's safe, that we're able to kind of get into that other lane and make sure we're not causing any other accidents around us. But, but there's an assumption uh, when it comes to blind spots. Uh, the assumption is that you're paying attention to everything else other than just that blind spot. And I think some of us, we, we've all known some drivers that they're not paying attention to anything at all, are they? In that case, everything's a blind spot. <laughs> so Julie and I went to uh, this one shopping center uh, here in the county uh, twice this last week to uh, to eat at a particular restaurant that we really like. And, and just in these two trips uh, to this restaurant, um, we almost got into three accidents. Just in that one parking lot over two different visits. Uh, the first time, I, I was just kind of pulling into the parking lot and was going through one of the lanes, and I noticed another car was turning up into that lane, and so I uh, just kind of slowed there in the middle of the lane as they were kind of coming up the parking spaces, and waiting them to straighten out and waiting for them to straighten out and 
And you ever, you ever just watch a car crash in slow motion? And so finally, I just put my hand on the horn and just waited to see, is this lady going to look up to realize she is headed right for me? And so honk my horn enough for her to uh, jerk up real quick and jerk her car over and just kind of continue down the lane as if nothing happened. I was like, man, that was a close call. She wasn't paying attention at all. And so we ended up leaving. And as we were leaving, we were uh, kind of waiting to turn in two turn lanes that were going to turn left. And I was on the inside lane and and somebody else was on the outside lane. And and as we were turning left, this one decided that they wanted to be in my lane and just kind of kept coming over again. And it wasn't enough that I couldn't hit my brakes or move out of the way. So again, I got to use my horn for the second time that day and honked it just enough in a very Christian way, I might add, (laughs) for them to realize, hey, I'm in your blind spot. And so once again, uh, they jerked over real quick and then sped up as if uh, as long as they stay in front of me, they don't have to feel guilty about it. And again, we just kind of continued on with my day. And, and we thought to ourselves, you know, that's two signs in one day that maybe we just need to avoid this parking lot. So wouldn't you know it, Friday we decided to go back because the tacos are just that good. And we pulled into the parking lot. And this time didn't have any issues pulling in, pulled into a spot. We both got out of the truck, walked around the back. And you know how you kind of just walk along the back of the vehicles, walking up to the taco restaurant like we all do. There was a lady kind of coming down uh, again, the middle of the aisle. And and she just kind of seemed to be kind of hugging the back of the the vehicles a little bit more than what you would usually expect. And so we kind of stepped between two cars and she went past us. And uh, and I was like, man, she almost hit us. I was like, she wasn't looking to where she was going at all. And then right there in that very moment, I hadn't even finished that sentence. We hear further up in the parking lot, bang. And there was a landscaping trailer that she just ran smack right into the middle of. And I thought, that's crazy. Because I just said (laughs) she's not paying attention to where she's going. And just ran right into the side of this landscaping trailer. And I have no idea where those landscapers were having lunch that day. But I think they had a pretty wicked surprise once the Calera police officer was out there going around to each of the stops trying to figure out who owned it. Because if we're not paying attention to to anything around us, then everything's a blind spot, isn't it? And so whether we're driving, that's one thing. But when we're talking about our spiritual lives... We've got some blind spots there as well. Even the most faithful ones among us, even the disciples walking with Jesus, had some blind spots that they were just walking past opportunities. They were walking past people. They weren't seeing the deeper opportunities to pour some light into the world. Even the most faithful among us constantly has a life of reflection, of prayer, of repentance, of of checking to see our blind spots to, to make sure that we're not passing up some of the blessings or the opportunities that God is giving us to pour out some life, to pour out some grace and some mercy, some compassion, to build the very kingdom of God, to to check to see whether we're just kind of paying attention to where we're going rather than paying attention to where Christ is leading us. But then there's other points in my life where uh, I didn't have that reflection at all, y'all. It was just everything was a blind spot. (laughs) I was just not paying attention at all 
to where God was leading me or at all to what was going on in my life. And, and when we don't check our blind spots, what happens? Eventually, we're going to wreck. And eventually, we're going to cause some wrecks around us. And that's so very true spiritually as well, that if we're not paying attention to where God is leading us, if we're just following our own appetites and agendas, and, and we're just following exactly to where we want to go in life, then eventually, if we're not looking out for others, we're not looking out for where God's sending us, we're going to start running into some things. And we're going to start creating some messes. But Jesus invites us to look into those blind spots, to look into those corners, to look into those faces that usually we would just walk right past. But Jesus sees as an opportunity to shine some light, to cure some blindness, to open up our eyes, that we might see the fullness of the light of God being poured into this world. And so our scripture story this morning uh, is one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible, the, the healing of the blind man in the book of John. Uh, now, Jesus heals a blind man in each of the four Gospels, but, but this particular story, I think, stands out for a couple different reasons. Uh, because it really highlights uh, the idea that the miracle really wasn't about physical blindness, but about spiritual blindness. And the one person who started out blind physically in the story is the one that helps open everybody else's eyes to what God is doing around them. And so we have a story to where Jesus uh, really doesn't have a, a time or a place that's specified as he's walking around Jerusalem. He's just walking along. And his disciples uh, take the opportunity uh, to see this man who is blind from birth, who's begging off to the side, and uh, decides to start a theological discussion. Was it this man who sinned? Or was it his parents who sinned and caused for him to be blind? But again, Jesus says it's not really uh, about the blindness. It's about the opportunities to show God's grace, to show God's light into the world. Because as long as I'm here, you have the light of the world. And so Jesus does something very bizarre. For one thing, because it's the Sabbath. But for the other thing, our, our, our sort of uh, hygienic minds kind of uh, cringe around this a little bit. Jesus uh, spits in the dirt. Stirs it around a little bit, makes a little bit of clay, which on one hand is uh, uh, a sin on the Sabbath, but on the other hand, directs our attention to the fact that God is about to do something big. And Jesus takes the clay that he's just made and wipes it on the guy's eyes and then tells him to go and to wash it off. I bet Jesus didn't have to ask him twice. And he goes and he washes off in the pool of Siloam called Scent. And as soon as he washes it off, he can see. Now realize that there's been movement in the scripture. So by the time the miracle happens, a time that his sight is restored, Jesus is no longer around. Jesus isn't there for the actual healing of the man's eyesight. But the real miracle begins in that moment as the man's testimony then begins to be, I once was blind, but now I can see. And that testimony is a famous testimony in scripture because that testimony becomes the model for all the transformation that any single one of us has ever experienced in our lives when we've run into the life of God and have been changed by it. 
I once was broken, but now I've been healed. I once was a sinner, but now I've been redeemed. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was angry, but now I'm joyful. That becomes the testimony that points others to the fact that God is here and present in the world today, that there is life, that there is mercy, that there is grace, and transformation begins in this life. Not just the hope of the life to come, but today our lives can be different because God is real in this world and the light has come. And that one testimony begins to change the entire community and begins to open their eyes up to the blindness that every single one of us struggle with. Because then it becomes a question about identity. It no longer becomes a question about uh, the sin in this person's life. It no longer becomes a question of, uh, of, uh, of what Jesus is doing. Now it becomes a question of identity as this one person that everybody just knew as one that they passed by, as one that sat along the side who was broken, now all of a sudden has been restored. And then they almost begin arguing with each other about, is this the man that's been blind from birth? Is this the guy that's been sitting here for his entire life? Is this the one that we've been walking right past? And it says that he keeps saying over and over and over again, I am that man. I am that one. And here's one that they've been walking past so often that they recognized his brokenness, but they didn't even recognize his face. They never recognized his voice. They never recognized who he was. And in fact, the disciples are innocent in this as well. As they see him on that morning, their invitation is not to find if there's something they can do for him, but to use him as an object of their theological discussion. To help him to, to shape into the form that they need him to be for their purposes. And yet Jesus is the one that sees him. That sees through the brokenness. In fact, sees through the blindness of that entire community. And says, this place needs a little bit more light. And begins a healing that opens up every single one of their eyes. That God is here with us. That God is up to something. And God is calling us to be a part of that. Now this story unfolds for the rest of the chapter in some really dramatic ways as people are trying to wrestle with the details of just what Jesus has done, but missing the entire point that Jesus was with them. That Jesus is calling us to open up our eyes and see the opportunities that are around us. In this season of Lent, we struggle with times of repentance. We struggle with kind of looking into some of those dark or dusty or shadowy corners of our lives uh, because we're not used to light being shined on those. Whether it's a need of confession or repentance or looking at sin or brokenness that we have in our life or simply asking God to show us opportunities to where we have been falling short and missing out on opportunities to show a little bit more light, to show a little bit more grace. This is the opportunity to ask God to open up our eyes and allow us to see just what's around us and what we can do to help transform this world. And so as the man goes to wipe the mud from his eyes, 
so that he can see clearly through them. Begins to give us the model of what it looks like for God to open up our eyes. To show us the faces or the opportunities that we've been uh, walking right past. To help us to look into some of those blind spots in our lives and, and ask how we can use a little bit more light. That we might be willing to pour out a little bit more light for this world. Because to check your blind spots when you're driving, if you're driving in that perfect way that the manual highlights for you, and you're paying attention to everything around you but those two little spots, you actually have to do a little bit of work. You have to trust the way that you're headed, and you have to turn your body and your attention to those spots that are difficult to look at. And it's no different in our spiritual lives as well, that in order to see some of the spots in our lives that we often miss, we have to do a little bit of work. We have to reflect. We've got to look deep. We've got to really turn and ask God to show us what exists in those spots that we don't usually like to look at. And that comes with coming alongside others as well. That comes with asking them uh, if there's things going on that they've noticed that we can be working on. That comes with uh, being disciples enough to really take a look at our lives. Of saying, are there parts of my life to where I have been drifting out of the lanes, out of relationship with God, out of relationship with others, and need to pay a little bit more attention to what's going on around me? And one of the ways that we see that, we as Methodists, we're really good at that. It's where we get our name from. There's a method to the madness. We're methodical in the way that we look at our lives and, and see, is there an area to where we've not been given it enough attention? And the easiest way that we can do this is to first look to where we've been having the most wrecks. Look to see where we've been running into others. Look to see where we're still angry. Look to see where we've been breaking down in relationships. Look to see where we've been uh, drifting out of our time with God. Look to see in those moments to where we've wanted to make changes in our lives and yet we've not been able to find it yet. Those are usually the key places that we spend the least amount of time reflecting on. Those are some of the key faces that we look past and we look through. And we ask God to allow somebody else to pick up those spaces as we continue to drive on. But the fact of the matter is, is this man's life was not changed until he went to the pool called Scent and did what Jesus told him to do and then told everybody else about it. Our work is to be sent as well. To have our eyes opened up and then to join Jesus on this way and realize that as we go along this way, we still have work to do of repentance, of confession, of reflection, of really looking into those blind spots so that we might be filled with even more light 
that we might know when it's the best, when it's the safest, when it's uh, the, the best possible time we can come alongside others and begin to give them some hope and some grace and walk alongside them and not walk past the faces, not walk past the problems, but lean in and bring some light that God is pouring into this world. We begin to see a little bit more clearly and see not just our own lives transformed, but our entire communities transformed around us. When our testimony becomes, I once was blind, but now I can see. Will you pray with me this morning? Almighty and gracious God, we give you thanks. Lord, we give you thanks for your word. that allows us to pray and to reflect, Lord, to confess. But Lord, that we might realize that we can look into those darker and more shadowy places in our lives. Lord, we can see faces that we've been walking past and opportunities that we've walked through. And Lord, ask to open up our eyes. Lord, look to see those parts of life where we've not been transformed yet. Look to see those parts of our lives that, that still need some work and show this to that this week. Lord, not to break us down, but Lord, that we might be filled with more light and might experience your grace and your mercy. Lord, help us to see you, that we might be a sign of your light in this world. As we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen and amen.